you know, it's that whole trust but verify thing. I should be able to provide some social proof from people that have worked with me before and what I do. But at the same time, every time you encounter me, you shouldn't find out that I'm an asshole. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Only my inner circle knows that I'm an asshole. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, but I should be out there providing value. And, but I mean legitimate value, not in a hypey kind of way. Good morning. Welcome to the Grounded Content Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Abrams, and this is a podcast where tactical and effective meets grounded and honest in all things content marketing, messaging, strategy, and advertising. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of a detour before I introduce my guest, Christy Hausler, from Podcast Monetization Secrets. You know I've done a lot of things in this space, the content space, I guess you'd call it, and I'm always looking for a name for that through line. In fact, if you have a name for that through line, for what brings all these things that I've done together in one sentence, in one kind of explanation, I'd love to hear it. But essentially, I'd say I've been helping clients, businesses, brands, nonprofits, and individuals create effective messages, helping them to use creative work, whether it's video, organic or paid social media, podcasts, writing, to achieve their business and branding goals. And since 2014, I've been really focused on doing that with podcasting. It's not an either-or thing, creative, insightful, and entertaining shows, or shows that help you achieve your business goals. It should be both. And that's what I help podcasters and businesses with podcasts do. Understand the potential of podcasts, the goals that it can achieve, and then build a program looking at their resources to help them get there. It's all about getting effective with your podcast, with your creativity, with your message, with your content. Podcasting is super hot right now in the content marketing space. And in fact, sometimes it's content marketing and sometimes it's something else. It just depends on the goals. But when a topic is hot, that means welcome all the bullshit advice. And as I talked to Ifat on last week's episode, sometimes that bad advice is really detrimental in more ways than you realize. And one of those ways is that people are sharing these platitudes, these simple rules, these one-size-fits-all blueprints and solutions And then you go home or you go back to your office and you try to apply them and they don't work for you and you think that you've failed. The truth is it was bad advice to begin with or it was the wrong advice for you. So that brings us full circle to why I've invited Christy Hausler on the podcast. Christy's been in the podcast space for a while. She's done the work. Christy's the host of a show called Podcast Monetization Secrets. But the truth is she is not keeping secrets. She's sharing this information. It almost feels sometimes like I have two kinds of guests on the show. There are the ones that are really great marketers that I can learn so much from, but they really haven't stepped back a lot to think about where those fine lines are between persuasion and manipulation. And then there's the other kind, the people that Michael Roderick talked about, the ones who are so fed up with that marketing jargon that they let the pendulum swing too far the other way, and they don't sell themselves or their products in a way that they should. Christy's used to speaking to that second audience. Either way, whatever side you come from, and look, I don't think there's any sides, that's the whole point of this show, but whatever your background, I think you'll find this interesting because Christy brings her experience in working with multiple different podcasters, different scales, in different areas of interest, and how she works with them to monetize their shows. So welcome, Christy. I'm so glad you are able to join us today. We go way back. In fact, you edited for me way, way back. And first of all, before I do the introduction, 
for context, tell people where you are and what some of the background noises oh, they yeah. might be hearing. <laughs> Sorry about that. I am actually farm sitting for a friend in Hawaii. So you might hear some sheep, you might hear some dogs, you might hear some wild turkeys. So Christy has been in the podcasting business for a long time, and she knows what she's talking about. And there is just so much excitement and interest right now in the podcasting space. And there's a lot of people talking about podcast monetization and a lot of people selling bullshit to be frank yeah. in that space <laughs> here my own experience comes from not just me as a podcaster struggling to monetize you know i came to podcasting not with a business not with anything else but again you know you're talking about 2013 2014 something like that and i'm not really understanding the whole marketing piece of it i hate to say it like most podcasters i came for the love of the content and the conversations <laughs> and that's where most podcasters start and that's also where they get stuck. And then that's where they pod fade. And so my experience, I've worked with hundreds of podcasters over the last, you know, eight or nine years. And so many of them get stuck. You know, you can call it the creator's curse. You can call it free content creation mode, but they get stuck there. And all that's happening is they're having a one-way transaction where they are giving and they are giving and they are giving. And the podcast slowly sucks the life out of them, sucks the money out of their bank account, sucks all the emotional energy out of their family and their other important relationships. And it just becomes a endeavor that's not worthwhile for them to continue. So that's where most podcasters are. And we sometimes as podcasters get a little bit mad whenever interlopers come in that have like a marketing background and they make more headway than we have with our audiences in the same niches. And we're like, but they're not really here for the true art form of podcasting. And we get a little bit bowed up on them because they've come in and used our medium to make money. And we've been at it for years and haven't figured out how. But honestly, Mary, and I'll tell you this, you know, one of the masterminds that I'm in. And whenever that mastermind first started out, it had another podcaster in it. And she was actually a client of mine. And we were at one of our retreats one time. And I was literally charging her probably the least I'd ever charged anyone for doing her podcast. And she'd been with me from the beginning. It was like $240 a month is what she was paying me to edit her podcast. And she had been doing it for four years. She'd rebranded three times. And she said, I think I'm going to stop doing my podcast. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know, she just got to the point where she broke 10,000 downloads a month. And it had always been her dream. And she said, well, I'm just still not making any money. And in that moment, I realized that I had made more off her podcast than she has. And that was like a gut punch to me because I was like, Christy, you're value-based. You're not predatory. And as much as you don't want to take advantage of anyone, you have made more off her podcast than she has. And she was sort of my lowest tier client, you know, least valuable client in the marketing level. And it just broke my heart. And I thought, I... I've got to figure out a way to do something about this. And I've got to figure out a way to make sure that other people like her that come with a legitimate reason and legitimate value to bring don't, let's just put it in farm terms, get stuck with the last teat every single time. You know what I mean? That's exactly <laughs> what was happening. And that's kind of where I shifted from a value content, create content. Oh, just start, just get your content out there to hold up, back off. Let's have a plan because you can engineer a podcast for monetization and know the minute you're going to pull all the levers and the triggers and, and that sort of thing and make it work for you. But most podcasters come 
worrying about what kind of microphone they have, worrying about which host should they use, worrying about how do you ask interview questions? Do you tell people ahead of time? Do you not? And they come with all these things that ultimately are not going to give them the longevity of their podcast. So what should they be asking? Where should they be starting? Honestly, they should be starting with this one basic question. And if they can't answer the question, they should stop everything and do not pass go until they can answer the question. And the question is, who do you serve and how do you serve them? Actually, that's two questions. I guess we can make it a compound sentence and keep it to one, right, just to keep the format. But if you don't know who you serve with your podcast and how you're planning on serving them, it would, I mean, if you compare it to every other business in the world, and let's just say you wanted to open a retail store, well, what kind of retail store do you want to open up? Do you want to open up a general merchandise store and you want to be Mr. Olson from <laughs> Little House on the Prairie or, you know, whatever? I mean, or do you want to have a, a rock climbing store or a running store? Or do you want to have a food store? It's so funny you say that, Christy, with the store, because I tell people, Figuring out what mic you need and what your hosting platform is, that's like renting the space. That's your office space. That's your store. But what's going to go in it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing in there? Yeah, no one would ever open up a restaurant. And if you wanted to open up a restaurant, the first thing you would do is you would do market research. You'd be like, okay, what restaurants are already there? I don't want to be the same one as two doors down. But then you also look internally and you go, what do I like to cook? What kind of food am I good at making? What do people tell me I do really well? And we don't do that as podcasters. We just go, oh, I just want to share stories. And I just want to talk to people about their successes or their struggles or what they've overcome. And we're focused on all the content that we want to provide. And that's not necessarily the same content that people are willing to pay for. So two questions I have there. One is, I just want to remind you, our audience is not just podcasters. And I think all of this applies, though. I think this message is important. But you talked about the podcaster needs to know who they serve and how they serve them. So playing devil's advocate here, that sounds like more giving. So tell me, how does that become well, getting? Yeah, yeah, it does sound like more giving. <laughs> Just give it all away. Isn't that what the gurus say? Give away your best stuff. It'll, it'll come back to you. No, that's bullshit too. So just so you know. But one of the things that whenever you're figuring out who to serve and how to serve them, that is where you begin to realize the problems you are solving that people are willing to pay for solutions for. Now, people pay me right now for solutions for their production for podcasts and all that back end sort of like, I don't know what to do with this or what mic to use or whatever. We've got all that covered. But the biggest thing they need more help with and they don't even know that they need help with is how to turn it into something. And when you know who you serve and how you're going to serve them, you can begin then laying out your offering. So if you were starting a restaurant or a retail store or whatever, you would decide, okay, people come in and sit down. Are we going to give them something? Are we going to give them water whenever they start? Are we going to give them a piece of bread before we take their order? Are we going to give them something to keep them there, keep them eating? Maybe they make them thirstier or whatever, so they buy more drinks. You start beginning to think about the things that you're going to give away. And then you work through your appetizers and you work through your entrees. And then you work through even your high-priced wine list or whatever. So you have like a what they call in marketing, the value ladder, and there is a free tier. And all you're doing with your free tier, which is your podcast most of the time is your free tier, is you're just taking off bits and pieces of your paid things that you would show people how to do and just breaking them off and putting them out in the world. Because the thing is, 
I can give you a strategy and I can tell you, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z. But it's not until I actually share the tactic and how I implement that strategy that you're going to get it. And that's what you have to pay me for, right? Because if I give it away, I mean, if I just went out there and shared my tactics and said, here's the spreadsheet, let me show you how to fill it out. Let me how to go do the research. And I can do little portions of that. But number one, you're not invested. You're like, oh, that's a great idea, Christy. Thanks. Bye. And you move on. And it might have been my best stuff, you know, might have been my most million dollar tactic or my million dollar secret. But in order for you to pay attention to me and the service and the solutions I provide, you actually have to pay me to be invested in that. And I think as podcasters, we forget that. If people at a free level, like if your only ideal customer is ever at a free level, you don't have a business. You have a charity. So let's talk about this. You mentioned this ladder, and I know we've talked about funnel. So let's talk about... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a marketing podcast, right? (laughs) So let's talk in general terms about what those are. I mean, I think most of my audience probably has an idea or they've heard those terms, but let's break it down and talk about what that really means. Yeah. And honestly, Marion, this is the building out your value ladder, what we call it. Envision a stair steps and with each new tier of the stairs that you're stepping up onto, you're going to have a different product, solution, service offering, whatever it is you're providing. But this is also a way that a podcaster cannot feel icky about trying to sell somebody something, right? Because it's all about providing more value. And if you're on a, I was on an airplane a few days ago and people that paid extra to get in the first class, they have to provide more value than they do with the rest of us scrunched in the back of the plane, right? Because you have to make it worth what they're paying has to be a value exchange. So that's why they get more leg room. That's why they get blankets. That's why they get mimosas on the plane while everyone else is struggling with their bags still. But that value ladder will keep you from feeling icky about marketing. So the value ladder is just as many stairs as you need it to be. And most of the time it starts out on the bottom of the stairs is your free or really what we call low ticket offers could be a $7 ebook. It could be a $7 little mini course on how to level your audio or whatever it is you do. And then you just keep stepping up the tiers. And the idea is that once someone comes into your ecosystem and they come into your internet kingdom, right? That you're out attracting people to with your podcast. You always want to be giving them something for the next level, because if you don't, they will leave you. It's the same thing with my long-term podcast clients. If I'm not also their consultant and their resource for, Christy, can you just break it down into layman's terms, what that Apple announcement really means to me, then I cease to provide value. And what they will do is they will leave me and go find someone else that will feed them. And so that's one of the things that you really have to get focused on. So the idea is you're just leading people up the value ladder and you might say, so you're always wanting more money from them. Well, yeah, actually I am, but I'm also always wanting to serve them and always wanting to provide more value. And you and I both know we can't do that if it's not an equal exchange. I mean, you are talking about, it sounds like people who are monetizing by selling their own products. Let's kind of first talk about I think there's a lot of misconceptions in the world of podcast monetization. Number one, that that means literally sponsorships. And certainly there are some cases that it does. Yeah. The one thing you have to realize with a podcast, just like any other business, the goal is to have multiple streams of income. 
So you want a subscription level program. You want a one-off program. You want an upsell. So what that looks like to podcasters is even with, like you say, the default goes to, oh, are you monetized? No, I don't have sponsors yet. Well, sponsors are set up as the be-all, end-all, and it's really the hardest way to get money as a podcaster. Because you have to have a certain amount of audience to make it possible or feasible for you to actually get someone interested in getting in front of your platform. But let me just break it down into a couple of categories. So with sponsorship, that's basically where someone is paying you to get in front of your audience. It can take on the form of traditional sponsorships where you're going through probably an advertising agency who's got the contracts with the HelloFreshes and the QuickBooks and the Casper mattresses or, you know, all those things that we hear repeatedly on podcasts. But you also are going to have to have a huge audience. And so there are traditional sponsorships that fall into that category. At most ad agencies, if you're not at least getting 30,000 downloads total in a month, you're not worth it to them. And most of them are going to recommend dynamic ad insertion where you have a host read ad. So you read the ad, you do the little talking about it, and then it gets dynamically inserted into your content. That ad runs for a certain amount of downloads. Once the download cap is hit, that ad gets turned off and another one would get turned on. So you get a certain amount of money. Let's just say it's a $30 CPM. So every thousand downloads you get in the month would be $30. But there's non-traditional sponsorship inside of that. Non-traditional sponsorship is where, like I have a target audience for podcasters, right? And I'm talking about monetization. So it might be that I would approach a company maybe that has landing page software, or maybe like that uses email marketing services, like an active campaign or something like that. I'm like, look, I have a small but very targeted audience that's going to be worth it for you to get into. But I also teach your stuff because I use your stuff. So why don't you sponsor this? And you have to look at what is their lifetime value of a customer. If their lifetime value of the customer is $2,000, you can't charge $2,000 for them to come on your show and hope you get one customer out of it. They've got to get value too. So you work out a value exchange based on that. And that's non-traditional sponsorship. And it's a wild, wild west. And then you get to the other tier, which I sort of call it like almost like predatory <laughs> or let's just call it like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am sort of sponsorships, which is what a lot of the hosting companies try to sucker you into. And they'll say, oh, come over to Spreaker, <laughs> not to call anyone out, but other companies that throw some cheesy dynamic insertion ad on your podcast and they're just spreading out their CPM over all their customers. So it ends up that a download is worth about a penny to you. So if you get a hundred downloads, great. You made a dollar this month. And the, but they lure podcasters in in that predatory fashion by saying, come, we can monetize your show. Who else is giving you a dollar this month? Right. <laughs> so they sucker us in and then we somehow like, Oh, well, that's fine. I mean, I understand a dollar for a hundred, but eventually I'm going to have a thousand. Well, great. Here's ten dollars. How did, does that make you feel better? I mean, it does, and it still feels like it's not the right value exchange. And so, those are kind of the three category: the traditional, the non-traditional, and the more predatory, or let's just call it the lowest common denominator of let me throw a few cents your way and let me insert you know a bunch of stuff under your show. And I know you're going to go into the other models of monetization, but before we do, I want to get your take on one that I have been hearing in the clubhouse rooms. Oh, those clubhouse rooms. <laughs> and I, you can probably guess how I feel about it already, but I'm going to throw it out there. Guest-facing monetization. Okay, so this would be where you are charging people to bring them as guests on your show. Is that right? 
So there's all kinds of, I mean, I will just tell you, I have heard some pretty sketchy things, including charging for your show, but also a lot of kind of like once you lure them in by thinking that you want them on your oh, show. Yeah, you then can you then upsell them to your back end Convert stuff them and, into, yeah, exactly. And, oh, you were such a great guest. Now you should have your own podcast and let me charge you $25,000 to put it right. together or for you. Or let I'll, me mm-hmm. hook you up with my PR firm. And I was going to just put the episode out on iTunes, but I'll put it on Spotify. It's so good if you charge <laughs> me another 300, you know, whatever, if you pay me another, yeah. Yeah, so you have to really decide as a podcaster who your ideal customer is. And I am not saying that you can't have sort of two different customer avatars. I run into this a lot in the therapy space. I have a lot of therapists, not personally, but as a as clients, right? <laughs> Probably need a lot personally, but instead I just make them clients. But what happens with them is many times they're struggling between am I targeting the practitioner or am I also targeting the end user in my niche? So sometimes you're going to have that. But you have to decide where your value as a podcaster lies. Now, see, the guest-facing monetization strategy, let me just say this, if it's done incorrectly, it makes us as predatory as podcasters as every other business out there, right? And it doesn't feel good to most of us because, like, if I have a platform and I have a platform of targeted podcast listeners who are looking to monetize, I am not against if somebody wants to come on my show, if I ask them to come on the show and they want to come on for free because I've asked them because I want their value, that's fine. I'm also not against somebody saying, Christy, I'm doing a book promotion. I'm doing my book tours right now. You have an audience. Can I pay you $400 to get in front of your audience? And let's just do an interview. Your audience is going to be valuable enough to me that I know they're all going to buy my book. And I might sell a 100 more copies of my book just by paying you $500 to get in front of your audience. They're going to get the results. So I'm giving your audience value. I'm bringing you value. I'm also paying you for your audience. So I'm not against that at all. What I am against is these mass emails that go out and they say, come be a guest on my show. We think you'd be a great fit. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then instead of sending you the link, they send you the credit card, you know, processing <laughs> to, for your $300 that you need to, oh, it's going to cost you to get on their show. But here's the other thing. They also, most of those shows, and there are some of them, I mean, even, I don't know, it just depends on who all you want me to call out. But there are several. <laughs> name how names. How enemies do I want to make? I'll just, I'll give you an example. There is a show that's on C-Suite Radio right now, and I don't know if you're familiar with C-Suite Radio. It's Jeffrey Hazlett, who's a big media mogul or whatever, and they put together, You, I think you might pay, I don't know if it's $3,000 a year or something to be on their elite little club of C-Suite Radio, and there are other podcasters in that that will bring you on the show, and you might pay to be on the show too, but it's also that back end, like you want to pay to get more promotion on this show. And whenever you go, and I've had several clients approach me, and they're like, should I do? It's like another $375 to do this or that. And they say they're going to promote me in this way. And the first thing I do is I go and look at that person's social media. And I'm like, okay, well, they okay, they have 2,000 people that have liked them on Facebook. The only thing ever on their Facebook stream is promotion of their podcast. And every time that comes out, Two people heart it. Two people like it, right? (laughs) Right. 
So what you're telling me is there's no value there in the marketing of it and there's no interaction going on. So I look at everything. If there was somebody that said, Christy, they have a list, an email list of 10,000 people they're going to push it out to and they're going to do that. Like, I'm not opposed to paid traffic. Paid traffic is a legitimate traffic source. But most of us in the podcast world are either doing it badly or we are trying to appear desperate enough to sacrifice our integrity in order to make, like I've heard prices as low as like $75. Do you think some of this, and I'm getting off track a little bit, but do you think some of this is because Apple has chosen not to make download numbers public? And so do you think there are people taking advantage of that and trying to act bigger and look yes. bigger than they are? Yeah. And, and I'll tell them, you want me to be honest? I'll be honest. I, see I do. This yeah. also, I see this also happening in the conferences. I've had clients before that have put themselves out there as the expert or the expert on podcasting or the expert on growing a business or doing whatever. And they put out a show and literally it gets 300 downloads in six months or you know what I'm saying? It's just it's their show is doing nothing, but it's a deceptive marketing tool. It's like having a really slick print magazine that's nice, thick paper and all that kind of stuff. But there's nothing behind it. Like you just put all your money into that magazine advertisement and there's no actual content. You start reading the magazine. You're like, this is nothing but advertisements. This is crazy. You know, it's not a real magazine. And I think if people really knew other people's numbers, it would put a lot of realism into what we're doing. Because here's the truth, Marion. I have a client right now that gets over 100,000 downloads whenever they put out a show. And they might put out one show a month. And they have not successfully monetized their show, which is a travesty. So what are you going to do for them? How are you going to fix it? There's some barriers there to being able to move forward with monetization. And they're most of them them are in between the host ears and that kind of stuff. So I got you way off track. Let's get back to these tactics, right? So we were talking about the different ways to monetize. We covered sponsorship. We covered guest facing. And now you are going to talk about the other options. Yeah. So the other options are really figuring out, you know, back to the who do you serve and how do you serve them, really figuring out what it's not just what you can do to make money, because that's not the be all end all. You don't want to build something that you're going to hate. So maybe done for you services, I mean, speaking from experience, maybe done for you services are easy to start, right? They're a low ticket, low startup cost, low overhead to start. But what ends up happening is you end up building a business that you are now beholden to and you end up building a business that you are now a slave to all of your clients and they want to pay you $6 an hour so that you can stay home and do their work on the weekend while they go on vacation and doesn't feel great. So we're saying this third monetization method, right? There's sponsorship, there's guest facing, which is is a little sketchy. And the third one is basically using your podcast to sell your own own products products and services. And And those products could be digital. They could be services. So this is really interesting, Christy, because I already knew that a lot of podcasters get into the space without really knowing why. But what's really interesting is what you're telling me is that they're almost doing marketing backwards. Like they have the marketing vehicle, but they don't have the product. They don't have the product. It's like they've started, most people have the product and they don't have a way to market it. Right. And then we get pissed off as podcasters at those people because they came to podcasting because it was the best marketing method. And we're like, how do you all of a sudden have your podcast monetized? And I've been doing this for five years and I don't. Now, what's funny is I've seen the other side of that, which is somebody has a product and they say, I'm going to use a podcast to market it. And they don't realize how hard it is to grow a podcast. 
and they don't realize they need to market the podcast to grow it. So they, I've seen both sides of it. Right. It cannibalizes your marketing. When you look at your marketing as the largest or your podcast as the largest traffic source for whatever it is you're doing, you have to think about it like this, like, where do I want them to go? There's certain things in my business that I'm not pulling the trigger on yet because I don't have the whole back end set up. It doesn't do me any good to put out this or put out that if I don't have that next thing. And so podcasters, when I see them and they just, oh, I've got all these people, I got all these great people lined up to interview and it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be valuable content and people would pay for it. Well, no, they wouldn't. There's so much free content out there. They're not paying for your content unless you're NPR or something else. And even then it's a donation and a beg me to donate and all that kind of stuff. But if you really want to put something out there, now I understand gathering a market around to get feedback so you can then know what to go create for them. But most podcasters never cross that chasm and they end up with a traffic source that comes and gathers around them. I mean, if you think about it, if every week you had a local audience of 300 people show up to hear you speak every single week, would you be happy? Like I would. But what I would also be doing is I would also be able to figure out what those 300 people wanted from me and how could I help them? And it did not just that, but who else do they know that I should be talking to about whatever I do? And most podcasters start out, they have no clear idea of who they think everyone is their audience, and they're not. They really need to niche down, niche down, niche down to their audience. And then at the same time, they really need to get clear on who they serve and how they serve them. And if they don't do that, they're going to get stuck. And I've had too many people that I've had to either turn around and say, go back and create something or get past the mental barriers of even making an offer. Marin, you don't realize there's so many podcasters that have their own mental blocks and their own sales aversions. And even in the groups, they're like, I get even a whiff of a sales funnel. I'm out of there. I'm out of that conversation. And even people that are my peers in the Facebook groups, they'll say, oh, I don't want to even work with anybody. Whatever the first question a podcaster asked me on a consultation call is, how can I make money from this? Why would that not be the best question to ask? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I like to ask people when they are looking to launch a podcast is, what's the purpose? And when I say, what's the purpose? I don't mean like, you know, because I want to change the world. I mean, are you trying to make money? Are you trying to build authority? Are you trying to network? Are you trying to sell your own product? Do you want to land sponsors? Do you want to build traffic? Do you want to serve your community? And like, those are all good. And it's okay to want to serve your community and not make money. That's okay. You know, then you got to measure against that instead of measuring against money. But here's the thing. How many podcasters do you talk to that are still lying to themselves whenever they try to answer that question? They are. Many of them are. And so what I try to do is I try to go a little bit deeper with that because they'll hem haw around and be like, well, I'd like to do this. And yeah, that'd be nice too if I had a big following. And yeah, well, yeah, if I made money, I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be fine if I made money. I'm not going to turn down money from it. So they're like working through all this in their head. But getting podcasters to be real about what their realistic expectations is, is very hard from our end and the front end because everyone has that hope that there's this, some sort of virality that's going to happen. If I can just have the right celebrity on, my podcast will go viral. And like, podcasts don't really go viral. That's not really a thing. You know what? If you have Gary Vaynerchuk on your podcast, that's great. Congratulations. But if people want to know what Gary Vaynerchuk thinks, are they going to go to your podcast to find out? No. No, they're not. And you know what else? Gary Vaynerchuk's not going to promote your show to his 
10 million followers because you know why? He's creating other content that he's going to be promoting his own content to them. And it's not even about that. People can be in the chain of celebrity or whatever, and it doesn't move their downloads. And even then, what is the actual dollar value of a download? It only comes into play and it only matters if somebody is actually buying your downloads to get in front of your audience or whenever it comes to sponsorship. Other than that, there's no tangible monetary value. I can't say that every podcast I work with, and I work with over 60 podcasters right now, not every one of them that gets 10,000 downloads a month is even making a dollar for every one of those downloads. Downloads don't work that way with podcasting because if they're not tied to a back end where somebody's paying for something, it's not really going to happen. Got that right there. That's the nugget. So we've gone long, and I don't want to hold you any longer, but the last two questions, and you can answer them in any order, they are as follows. Number one, what is the most effective way for people to drive traffic from their podcast to someplace else? And number two is, what is the best way for anyone out there who might be getting into the podcast space to tell whether the person offering advice to them is full of baloney or actually has true experience and knowledge in the space. Gotcha. Okay. So I would say make something very valuable and give it away for free to get as many opt-ins as you have right now. But the other part is give people an easy way to find you and to get into your ecosystem. With podcasting, people are already on their smartphones. So anything where they can text a word to a certain five-digit number or whatever to get a freebie is going to have much higher conversion rates than go to my website or whatever. And then the other part is just giving more value. If you have a program or an audience and you can give away a little bit of a free trial, or maybe you have a paid something and it has access to like a Zoom, whatever, that's only those members, but you could take and break off a little piece of that and say, I want to give you a sample of like what the type of discussions we have and what we're doing in these Zoom rooms. So, you know, give it to somebody for free because that's the kind of stuff they'd be interested. It's like a peek behind the wall, right? Not just here's my checklist on this, that, or the other. They can probably find that by Googling. So give something extra, extra juicy and sexy for value and then make sure you're following up on those leads. I have a podcast episode, The Fortunes and the Follow-Up, and most podcasters collect emails like their precious moments, things that we set in a little, you know, display curio. (laughs) And I know I'm dating myself with all my illustrations, but We do that, and there's no nurturing and engagement going on with it. And so then a year from now, when you finally get your course or your program together, now you've got to go re-nurture that list because most of them aren't even interested in your stuff anymore. So that's what I would do just to try to get people your whole goal. The other thing is, Marion, to be honest, if we could get podcasters to stop talking about and worrying and comparing downloads to each other and instead focus on email opt-ins only, like only this week, How many email options did you have? If you had five last week, could you get seven this week? If you had seven this week, can you get 10 next week? What can you do to get the email opt-ins and how much value do you have to give away to do that? It's way more important than a download, you know? So stop focusing on 50 or 100 or 75 downloads every time I put out an episode. How many of those are on your email list? And only focus on that. I did that with a client one time and he started from nothing. He's a urologist. He started from nothing and... We got him a little program going on. Well, now he's nine months into his show and he has over 2,000 people on his email list. 
and five or six hundred of them are waiting for an academy that he's getting ready to open up. They're on the waiting list for that. So that's the true measure of success. And we tried purposely not to look at downloads, you know, <laughs> we didn't want to taint what, yeah, you know, what we were seeing, so but, but put it in perspective because you can equate something with an email opt-in that you can't with a download. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like that a lot. So the second part of your question or the other question was, how can you tell if someone is BSing you and if they're truly providing value? And I would just say, you know, it's that whole trust but verify thing. I should be able to provide some social proof from people that have worked with me before and what I do. But at the same time, every time you encounter me, you shouldn't find out that I'm an asshole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Only my inner circle knows that I'm an asshole. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, but I should be out there providing value. And, but I mean, legitimate value, not in a hypey kind of way, like, Hey, let me get this all excited. Are you there? Put this in the chat room and blah, blah, blah. And are you wanting to give away like all this hype stuff where it's like, let me give away. Let me string you along. Let me do this. Like ultimately that has a really fast burn rate on it. But over the long haul, I'm more of a plotter. I plot and I give, I'll give value and I'll give value and I'll give value. And you know what? If you need something, there's many times people come to me and they're like, I need this or that. And I'm like, let me just have a 20 minute conversation with you or a 30 minute conversation with you. I many times give it to them for free and they're like, what can I do to repay you? And I'm like, you know what? Pay it forward to somebody else because somebody else needs that information. And if you know anyone that needs what I do, send them to me. I'm happy to take referrals from you. But I think you have to evaluate it very much like you would any kind of relationship that you're getting into, especially if you're being told to give money to somebody. If someone's wanting to produce your podcast or someone's wanting to get you to pay money to come onto their podcast, you have the right then to ask those questions. If I'm charging you $300 to come on my show, you should know how many expected customers you can get from that segment of traffic that I'm going to send to your entity. And that's how people look at this and go, if it's cost me $30 a lead to get qualified leads and then I convert them to clients, I'll still come out ahead. And you know what, Christy, $300 is a steal to come on your show because I know I'll get $10,000 worth of business out of it. Well, who wouldn't do that all day long? Sign me up. Where, where can I find those people, you know? So it's just one of those things that it just makes it where you have to evaluate everything in terms of the value you're getting as far as what the cost is. Same way we do Facebook ads, same way you do other type of traffic that you're doing. And so you just really want to make sure you're checking that people are giving value and that if it feels icky, I would also look inside because we all have mental blocks. A lot of us have money blocks. A lot of us have money triggers. And a lot of us feel like we're going to devalue our mission if we put a dollar sign or exchange money somehow. And if we don't monetize what we're doing and we really feel like we're value-based or mission-based entrepreneurs or mission-based podcasters, then you have more of an imperative than anyone else to monetize because your mission dies when you can't produce your podcast anymore. So you have to, in some ways, get over yourself and get out of your comfort zone. So, I mean, it's one thing to ask, is this true legitimate sketch and stink that anyone else would pick up or stench that anyone else would pick up when they encounter this? Or is this hitting something close to home that I need to improve on and work on? And it could be a combination of both. And then ask around. You know, the podcast industry is not that big. I mean, there's a lot of podcasters, but most of us that kind of function long term in it, we sort of know who to stay away from and know who to trust and who not to. And, you know. Yeah, it's so interesting. I have been moving into 
the podcast consulting and coaching space and I really enjoy it. And I know that I have worked with clients that have tried everything as you've seen some of it. But once I started paying attention, I am seeing all these so-called podcast strategists. And I'm like, you've been doing it for a month. You've been doing it for six months or you've never had success. Or you've only done it for your own show. The best things are when you can say, you know what, this is the framework that we followed. But then we began tweaking things and we began testing it. And here's where we got better results. And when someone sort of makes a framework their own and now they have a a unique method and, you know, people come up with all kind of sexy names for it and all that. And it's not about that, but it's about the effectiveness of the result. And did it happen for one person once? If someone helped you get success one time, that's good. But unless they test it again and again and prove that it can be successful really in any overlaying on any environment, then they don't really have a proven valid framework that's probably worth money yet. So yeah, there's a lot of hype I'd stay clear of right now. I love that. I love that. That is a great way to close. So before we close, I do want to say, you know, one of the reasons I invited Christy is we have crossed paths several times over a long period of time. And I have listened to her podcast. I have checked out her Facebook group. And in a world where there is a lot of misinformation, Christy is providing really good information that is this great balance that we're all about on this podcast between authenticity, groundedness, real honest value, but also like tactics to make money to be effective and to really sell your products. And that's a rare combination. So where can people find you? Yeah, there's a couple of places online. Teampodcast.com is my home internet space. And so that's the homepage of our podcast. There's ways there on that page to get in touch with me. At the same time, if you want to listen to a podcast, I do the podcast monetization secrets. Don't let the word secrets or whatever else or funnel or whatever trigger you so much that you can't listen to the show and figure out how to make money. So the podcast monetization secrets is not about the latest scam or the latest thing you can trick people with. It's about, it's tried and proven over many years of time, marketing methods to get people that are podcasters that don't have a marketing background to really try to help understand it and lay the foundation so that you're not just going to be stuck in free content creation mode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grounded Content Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Abrams. And as always, I take nothing for granted. I really appreciate that you're here and listening. And even more, I appreciate that you're still here. Please, if you're listening, I love to hear from you. Podcasting is kind of a one-way street. It's a broadcast platform. But I like to hear back from you. Grab a screenshot if you're listening to the show and tag me on Mad Motion on Instagram or Twitter, wherever you listen. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Let me know what you learned today from Christy. And if you want to hear more about podcasting, let me know that too, because I have a lot of friends who could speak really well on the subject. I don't always remember, but I want to thank Chris Zarnock, who's my editor, for helping me make this show as good as it is. And I want to thank Christy Hausler for being my guest. And I want to thank all of you for listening. I'll see you next time.